Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, at the age of 15, he has been on our television screens, movie screens, and Broadway stage, and most recently, I got to see him in Oliver at the City Center Encore's production as the Artful Dodger. How incredible that this teenager has continued to wow us over and over again, and he is really just at the beginning. Welcome, Julian Lerner, to the podcast. A-OK. Okay, guys, I am here today with Julian Lerner. We are about to get into his show that I saw last night, Oliver, where Julian plays the Artful Dodger in New York City Center's production. You might also know him because he plays Brad Hitman in the reboot of The Wonder Years. He's been in Yesterday and Lucas and Alma's Way and Pottersville. He did a film that shot on Martha's Vineyard where I go every summer, so I want to talk about that. He did the national tour of Les Mis, and he's worked with people like Jennifer Garner and Michael Shannon and Rula Sparza and Christina Hendricks and Brian Cox and Lily Cooper and so many more. But last night, Julian, I was at your first performance in front of an audience of Oliver. Go. Go for Julian. What can you tell me? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think last night was, I think from the cast perspective, it went great. Everybody did you know, amazing. Um, you know, the, the night before opening, we had this invited dress. So I think we really had it in our bones and we were really, really comfortable with it. Even though we've really only had three weeks of rehearsal and one day of tech. So it was a very, very quick process, but we got it out there. We shot it out of the cannon. It was, it went, I think better than I think we all expected. I think there are some things that were gonna go wrong or something like that, but I think we all just, we, we all feel so close together. It's like a family, which shows. I think it's perfect. So. Okay, so talk to me about the kid who plays Oliver. Can you tell us his name and your relationship with him in the show and sort of what makes this so special for you working with him? Oh my gosh. Benjamin Pajag is, he's he's amazing. He feels like a, like a brother to me. Like he's... He, he really he shines up on that stage. He's just this his presence, even as such you know like a like like a, like a smaller younger kid. He's he's so he's he the way he expresses his feelings in every single song that he sings, especially where his love, like that was beautiful. Every single time he sings it, I'm like wow. You know I stand off stage. I I think I'm stage right because I have to run in for Dodger, but. I'm, I watch him and like the, the wings, I'm like, this is just amazing. Like what a presence from such a, you know, smaller person up on that huge stage. 
So how old, how old is he? How old are you? So I believe, I think Benjamin is 12. Yeah, Benjamin's 12 and I'm 15. So it, yeah. You guys, so you play the Artful Dodger. You guys are so great together. Lily Cooper is one of my closest, most beloved people um, in the theater community. And her Nancy is just astonishing. Everyone's amazing. What I didn't remember, I remembered the songs. I sat there going, oh my God, I know every single song. I think I just saw the movie as a kid. I don't think I ever saw a stage production of it. I had completely like blanked out, which is so ridiculous to say out loud, all of this sort of domestic violence that is at the center. I mean, child abuse, domestic violence. The songs are so catchy, memorable, and hilarious. Some are just so beautiful. But you're watching the show and you're like, oh my God, this is so dark. So I wonder as a cast of many, many young people in a show that in some ways is lively and fun and celebratory, but at the center of it, is so much darkness. Yes. How did the director and all of the people involved producing this show in a very short rehearsal period kind of help you guys negotiate and manage the really devastating center of this piece? Well, Leah Devosine is is such a, a magical, a wonderful director. She's it's just I, I, I learned so much and I'm still learning so much from her as we're working on this process. You know, when we first started, we like the first two days before we even put it up on its feet, we just sat around a table and we just talked about it. We, we spoke about how, you know, this show is really, the main question in this show is where's love, right? And I think everybody in the show, they might think they have it. They might think like in Fagin's Den with all these boys and Dodger, it, they might think that they have this some, you know, type of love in a way, this like relationship, but I think everyone's really looking for what true love really is. And I think no one really ever finds it in the end, right? It's so dark and it's really, it's a sad story. And I think we were talking about that and going into depth about it and going into depth about each and every moment and every character and finding what that, true meaning of of this person is and I think that really helped just just doing that and then working on it not just from the acting standpoint but knowing you know not many of these characters or really any of these characters have a have a backstory to their life right you just know them as they are now so it's just I think kind of coming up with your own backstory in your head and using that in the character helps and I think that's what Leah did she helped us all find that um, which was really, really special. And at the center of the show, what has successfully happened in your production that you've had like five minutes to rehearse and do in front of thousands of people at City Center, I was one of them last night, um, yeah. is create a family that's really believable. And also you are all, I mean, it must, I can only imagine the fun of being in the company of gymnasts and singers and dancers and actors and just the ways in which... Um, people are doing physical things with their bodies that most humans cannot do. Oh, talented. It's amazing. And um, I want to talk about you and sort of, you know, I haven't had that many younger people on the podcast. And when I do, it is absolutely thrilling for me 
because everyone's sort of origin story of how they decided to do this in earnest as a profession, not just in a school play, but professionally is so different and varied. So you're a really great looking person. I can imagine, you know, why people would want you in their films um, and in commercials and things like that. Your adorableness is off the charts. Um, and as you grow older, what I've seen in looking at pictures is you've remained like an incredibly um, uh, photogenic person. Like, I feel like for some kids it goes bad and they're like, they can't do it anymore because something really <laughs> weird starts happening. <laughs> Right. Right. Like that could be rough. Or you grow really tall. I mean, there are all these things that happen, especially in Les Mis. I had Noah Galvin and people like that on the show who talk about growing out of the role and the yep. terror of being measured. It's like Weight Watchers for height. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Did that happen to you? Oh, well, I mean, I don't think I didn't leave the tour because of my height, but I did the tour for about, you know, six, seven months. So a very, very long time. So I was like, all right. How old were you? Oh, gosh. I was nine when I started and I turned 10. Okay. So, yeah, it, it was it was an amazing experience. It was my first real, you know, theater experience. Um, and it was really cool to originate that role on the tour. You know, just kind of being there with the original cast. I always feel like, you know, the original cast is always so special of a show you know and then when someone comes in I think we all welcome that person in and we're like hey we have this family and we're gonna bring you right in you know and I think that's really, really special that we could do um but being on that tour was a lot of fun but listen it is noon on a Thursday you are not in school. You were talking to me. So can you explain you were on tour for seven months a couple of years ago? You work all the time. Tell me about when your life stopped looking like a traditional New York kid's life. Well, I mean, I'm homeschooled. So I've been homeschooled since fourth grade. Um, I did real school up until third. And then I booked Les Mis and I went on the tour and I was still doing kind of, I guess you could say online school. Um, and then, cause my teacher would just send me the curriculum. I just do it on the tour. And then when I got off the tour, I was like, you know, I'm so used to this. And now, you know, it looks like I'm gonna be working a lot. So it's easier just to do homeschool. So I've been doing that for a while now. I'm in ninth grade now. Um, and we've kept the same teacher, Ashley, who is, amazing who is great and I I meet with her twice a week it's a little tricky during shows now but I still do the school um you know sometimes when we're at like the theater I do school but I think we had our last day of I guess you could call it I mean I usually call it set school when I'm on set for tv shows but I just call it theater school now but um but I love it we had, we had our last day of theater school yesterday so it's, it's so great. you're in ninth grade. Did you were you born in New York City? Yeah, I was. Where? Upper West Side. Okay. And do you does your family still live on the Upper West Side? Yeah, we do. I'm on the West Side right now. So And do yeah. you have siblings? No, only child. All right. And were your parents or are your parents involved in entertainment in their own careers? Yeah, my dad was um he was an agent um for for a while. Uh, for for 
like classical singers for like uh, opera and that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, and my my grandma, she was an opera singer and she sang all around the world um, at the Met and all kind of stuff, which was really cool. And my wow. grandpa was the loudest in the Pittsburgh Symphony. Uh, so I have a lot of music in my in my in my bones. My mom's a dancer, which is you know, so it's I have the whole music arts in my family. Totally, it's in your DNA. So mm-hmm. you born and raised New York City. At a very young age, you started to audition professionally. So when did that like? How did that happen? Because your dad was an agent for for not actors, but for yeah, for for musicians, right, um, and singers. So I was seven years old when I started acting, but I didn't even think about acting at all. Really, my dad had um, uh, like a dinner party and it's kind of a long story, so I'll tell it in short. But You, you, you know, don't have to. It's okay. It's, I'm sure no. it's compelling and people want to know. Sure. Okay. Um, so no, so we had a dinner party and he invited friends over and one of his friends happened to work in an agency. And I, they didn't even put together, my parents didn't put together that, you know, anything like that, we're all doing, maybe want to act or anything like, because, you know, you want to think maybe my son or daughter wants to act, you know, right? It's this kind of thing you wouldn't really think about. But his friend was like, you should bring Julian into my office. And they were like, um, okay, let's, let's talk to Julian, that kind of stuff. And I was seven, so I was like, sure let's do it you know what I mean I didn't really know what it was so I was like let's just try it out and then a few days later uh my mom picked me up from school and we went to this agency and I tried like a few lines and and that kind of stuff and then we heard back about gosh like two weeks later and they sent me out for my first audition and that's kind of how it started I just kept auditioning and with I really started in commercials and then did you uh, start booking commercials right away um yeah yeah uh which is which is kind of i almost say lucky but i think it it's, it's kind of cool to it's say. a great start it is a great start yeah i just started kind of doing commercials and and then i went out for bigger stuff and then bigger stuff and then i booked some bigger stuff and i really what really kind of launched it was lame is mm-hmm. tour and then i got off and i was doing like movie auditions and TV show auditions and and uh, like animated series auditions and it was just kind of just kind of boosted off. And that's so talk how- about auditioning for Les Mis. Some people had to go in many many times before they booked the role. Some people yeah. had a sort of very easy slide into first, and it all just kind of went from there. So what was your experience auditioning for it? I had like I want to say like six. Six auditions? Yeah, I had a lot of auditions. Like you could say callbacks, really. Um, right. I think like the first one was audition, then I had second callback, third callback, six. Um, and I don't think I've really had a dance call because um, Gavroche doesn't really dance in the show. But we did some stuff for like the very, very final one where there's a chair and they were teaching me some, you know, I, I wouldn't say choreography choreography but it was where to move while you're singing and stuff like that so I think the audition process was very very long but it was you know even if I didn't book it I think it was a great experience but I did. So when you were auditioning I mean that's a long time ago now but 
talk to me about a did you have a coach working on the songs with you throughout the process because you have an incredible voice and i've watched youtube clips of you singing some of your own stuff and i mean you're really like you're gonna have to not make a choice but there might be a moment in your life where you like i just want to pursue you know a solo artist career like you, what Ben Platt does where he, you know, goes on tour with his stuff and, and also is in stuff. Very, very successful. Ben Platt is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think with, with Dodger and nerves and stuff, I think I usually have nerves with every character, but I've learned to deal with them over the years so she's kind of, I think, taking deep breaths for me or just sitting there and, and just kind of not talking, just kind of closing my eyes and just thinking for a second, just kind of sitting there. You know what I mean? Not doing anything kind of helps. Um, but sometimes- and Do you listen to music? Do you have pre-show music on your AirPods that you listen to? Do you go over your lines? Do you sing your songs? Like, or are you you're kind of my- meditating? I just kind of- I kind of, I just try to keep it as normal as I can possibly, you know, be. Not think, okay, now I have to get ready to get in this whole mo- like mode and mood for this, for this show. I just think it's normal. I'm gonna go on stage, do my thing, get off stage, go back on stage, and we're off. That's it, you know. So I think that's how I try to think of it. But when I'm going to like theater or something, I'll listen to music in my AirPods. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be something completely different from what Oliver is. So, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Um, do you have, um, are, do you learn lines easily? Is that something that comes easy to you? I think it's really muscle memory for me. Just, I've, I've read so many scripts, like so many, so many auditions and so many lines that I had to memorize. Mm-hmm gotten better at it over all these years i've been doing it for when i started when i was seven or 15 now so oh my gosh eight years so a lot of young people are listening to this do you have any so i'm going to ask you for some tips that you can share things that you have found over the years that work for you so it sounds like in terms of battling nerves like pre-show nerves you just get pretty quiet with yourself and kind of just breathe and get centered in terms of learning lines, are you someone who like repeats, repeats, repeats? Do you use an app on your phone? Do you have someone run them with you? Like, what have you found to be the best for you? Well, I run them like with my mom a lot. Um, I just kind of, I, I like to have my lines and my songs all memorized. So I don't have to think about it when I walk in like the room. Um, so I can just think about what they want me to change without having to think about what's my next line something like that you know I can just kind of think all right we're going to do it this way this is where we're going to move while we're doing it and this is what we're going to you know this is like this is I think the one thing that's a little tricky for me is memorizing dance steps because I'm not you know I I've trained in dance and that kind of stuff but I'm not like a dancer dancer like the other boys in the show who are amazing dancers yeah yeah incredible but um I think how just, did you get this part were you offered it did you audition how did this happen I did audition. I auditioned during Wonder Years, during filming Wonder Years of season two. Where do you film Wonder Years? Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta. And and much of that show filmed during COVID, correct? Or all both seasons or just the first? Well, the pilot shot way during COVID. Okay. 
masks and shields and it was like very very tight right and then the first season was like the same it was very very everybody was being super 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 cautious um you were in this tight 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 bubble mm-hmm. but, um for season two it was a little bit looser I would say we were still getting tested like every other day right just to be careful which is you know I think testing's fine I'm so used to it yeah so yeah, but I think for season two, we didn't have like the whole shield. We had masks, but not like the shield and everything like that. So it was a little bit looser, which was kind of nice because adding that whole stress of if one person gets COVID and everybody, it's just also a huge set. There's a lot of people on the set. So yeah. everybody, the show is done. Did so, you ever shut down? Did you ever have to shut down shooting while you were doing it? No. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. It was just, yeah, it was, we were very, 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 very lucky. So. And season two premieres in June, correct? Yes, it does, June 14th. Okay. And do you guys know yet about season three, yes or no? Or do you not even know yet? I don't really know yet. Okay. I'm crossing my fingers because I love doing this show. Yeah. But um, I've, I've met my best friends on this show. And so I think that's really special. Yes, um, that's incredible. I'm, yeah. Uh, to have that relationship, especially being best friends in the show and then also outside is just amazing. So what does that look like? Like you go, do you guys live in apartments? Or are you all in a hotel? What's the living situation? How do you hang out afterwards? Like walk us through the non-work part of it. So for the pilot, we were all in a hotel. And then for season one, we were in an apartment building, but you have to do it yourself. So we rented out an apartment and I actually did it with Milan who plays Kisa on the show. Um, and we were in the same apartment building, which is a lot of fun because then we can hang out and just, you know, have fun together when we're not called to set that day or something. Cause you know, I think Brad, Corey and Kisa, they're not in everything. So sometimes there are days where we're not even on set so we can just hang out a lot. I think that's what got us really close. And then when we're with EJ, who plays Dean, it's like perfect. Everyone's just like this, you know, which is which is wonderful having that on set. Did you watch the original uh, once you got the part to kind of get I, the sense of it? I did. I watched it the first two episodes before I auditioned, and then after I was like, now I have to watch this whole thing. But I, I when I was really watching, I wasn't like okay, I have to watch this for the show. I actually loved it. Like, yeah. I can see why people love this show. Yeah. It's such, it's just, it's just about, you know, family and, and just a normal kid living in this time. Mm-hmm. Like, our show is a little different. Um, I wouldn't say a little different. It's, it's, it's a lot different. Right. Where, you know, it's, it's now, it's a Black family. Yeah, and I mean, other than the name of the show and the concept, it's completely different. Yeah, it is, and it, and it, and it it kind of shows the other side of what kid kids were dealing with, you know, with we're we shoot what what is it? Is it in season one it's nineteen sixty-eight? And so schools were just letting, you know, white kids and black kids, you know, be together. And it's interesting to see that through the eyes of a, you know, an eighth grade black kid back then. Um I think it's really important for people, to, for people to see now. And it shows that we, you know, we still have, there's still some stuff that's 
happening now, many years later, which is crazy to think, which is know. you know a horrible thing. I think we still have a long way to go to really you know have equality and stuff like that. But I think it's a really great message that the show is putting out. Well, let me ask you the same way we talked about sort of how on Oliver, there were a lot of discussions about the really hard content in the show, dealing with a show that deals with civil rights and so many, I mean, there's so much comedy in it, obviously, as well. Um, and it's like, when I say charming, I don't mean to make it sound like, I mean, it's an important show, but they bring so much charm and joy to it, a along with sort of shining a light on really difficult, difficult subject matter. Um, do they have people kind of consultants or people taking you through sort of what, you know, you just described it as sadly not so historical, so many of the things and really present day, but were there consultants on set sort of taking you guys through sort of in the 60s, it would be like this, you might not even move your body or do these kind of, you know, people didn't fist bump back then, you know, ways in which we, we do things now that may or may not be how they did things then. How careful are they about that with you? Well, I think, you know, I did some research before the show, learning about what it was like back then. And yeah, I definitely think there are some like gestures that you wouldn't do now. Like, you know, there's this thing that we do now that we call dap somebody up. Right. right? Like it just wasn't right. You, do that now, you know, maybe it was and it just had a different name. Maybe, right? I think mean, the closest to that is, is when they're like, give me some skin, you gotta mm -hmm. snatch it. But um, no, there, there weren't really people on set who would kind of help with that. I think you would have to find that ourselves, mm -hmm. which I think is even better for, for yeah. me. Um, really experiencing it uh, is hard. It's hard to experience that, that type of living and that type of time, um, which is, I think can also relate to Oliver. Yeah. Whereas, Totally. Yeah. It teaches us a lot. Was that a job that after you did, I, I assume when you said you were in Atlanta, you must have done Zoom auditions for Wonder mm -hmm. Years. Was that something where right away you were like, I, I think I got this? Or were you like, I have no idea how that went? Uh, well, I think for, for the auditions, like when I auditioned for Oliver, it was it wasn't a Zoom, it was a self-tape at first. So I sent in a self-tape and I've done so many self-tapes, right? Cause that's how a lot of things are done now. So I just sent a self-tape of, what was it? Two scenes, yeah, so two scenes. And it was a scene when I, when I meet Oliver and then the scene when I run in, I'm like, we lost Oliver, right? So it was that and then I sang some of Consider Yourself. And then they called me in, they were like, you gotta come to New York right now for this dance call. I was like, whoa, okay, so we flew to New York. Thankfully, I wasn't you know, shooting that week. And so we flew there, I did this dance call, which was kind of tricky, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I'm not the dancer dancer. Um, and I think there were some kids in the room who were like dancer dancers, and there's some kids in the room who were kind of like me, who were like dancers, who can also sing and act. And then and there were also some kids in there who were like actor singers, right? So it was a, it was a good mix, but... um. Do you all know each other? Like at this point, do you kind of yeah, have basically. your crew and like get to catch up with friends? Yeah, when I, when I walked in that room, I was like, I know every single little kid here. Right. And then I was, and there were also big kids there who were older than me, who I knew too, just cause we've been all doing this since basically. Yeah. Age. So. It's your community. Yeah, it really is. And I, 
hadn't, you know, I haven't done a Broadway show in a very, very long time. I've been on stage for a very long time. So to reunite with those kids has been great. So I haven't, you know, really went out um, for any Broadway things in a while. So I haven't seen them. So right. it was, was great. It was a lot of fun. We hung out some too after, which was great. So this movie that um, that shot on Martha's Vineyard, uh, what was that? And or, or did it shoot on Martha's Vineyard? I know it's meant to take place on Martha's Vineyard. Where did you actually film it? We shot that in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. okay. In North Carolina, um, but it's based in Martha's Vineyard. And it's it's about these this group of kids who are kind of like detectives in a way. And something starts happening on the island and they're gonna kind of figure it out. But then there's some stuff in there where it's like, oh crap, it's just not like your normal fun detective-y teenager thing. It's it's like real, which is which is really cool. It was a lot of fun to shoot. Oh good. Um, all this, you know, special effects and stuff like that. It was so much fun. Is that Boys of Summer? Is that the name of that movie? Mm -hmm. Boys of Summer. Okay. So if someone said like, hey, Julian, we've really thought about it. And we think for 10th grade, you should like go to regular high school now and have that experience. What, like, what would you think about that? Well, I mean, I think if someone told me that, I would first I'd just kind of say, you know, I've been doing homeschool for so long. I'm asking, and I ask them why they would want me to go back to regular school. But I think it'd be so hard for me to go back there because, you know, I've been doing this for so long. It's it's kind of second nature to me, especially when right. COVID hit. So yeah, easy. yeah, I'm so used to it. So, so you back, never wish for that. No, definitely not. I think yeah. also because with yesterday and, and that kind of stuff, a lot of kids my age know me from that. So going back to school and, and, and you know, probably some people being like, oh my gosh, that's the kid from yesterday or one of the years, something would be hard. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, not, you know, if you're going to school every single day and, being in the public eye would be tricky um, to deal with. What I mean, is the I, thing that you do get recognized most for if you're like just walking around or in a mall? Um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that movie, I think is probably one of the biggest things I've done. Mm-hmm. A lot of eyeballs on that show. Yeah, there was, it was, an amazing experience, especially working with Jenna Ortega and Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez and Everly Koenig. It was it was so much fun. It really, it really, really was. And I learned so many things on that set that I use today, even in Oliver. It was like just, what? Can you name one or two that pop in your head? Like the breathing technique that I use. I Edgar taught me that. Um, but there was a lot of kids on set one day, and I was like super, super overwhelmed because I was basically the middle of all this stuff with oh my God, like 50 kids. It was a lot of kids it's stuck in this house. Um, and I was really, really overwhelmed. And you know, just close your eyes to take a few deep breaths and it really helped. And so now I use that. 
today and I do that every awesome Um, yeah yeah that's awesome yeah you have that for life anything else oh wow I think I you know what with with Jen she taught me just to be you know just nice to everybody and kind everyone because you know if you if you put good things out there then good things will come back to you hopefully but she just taught me to just treat everybody with kindness and and I think that's that helps it really I love that because that's how we all think of Jennifer Garner so it's so great to hear that like that is just not a public persona like she is that warm and kind and sweet she is just such an amazing human being such a kind person like I, I went to LA, well, it was probably about a year and a half ago, but I went to LA and I went to her house just, just to have lunch with her and say hi. And it, it, she's like, whenever she walks into the room, she just brings everybody's spirits up. Everybody, she just makes everybody happy. It's just this presence is such a wonderful presence and it's amazing to have her around. Can I just tell you, and I'm looking at you through a Zoom screen, I feel that way about you. Like you just bring so much light and positive energy into the room. And you did that for everyone at City Center last night too. And that is a very big theater. And your presence and your joy in performing is so contagious. And I'm sure you felt everyone just give back so much love to you because I mean, the Artful Dodger is just such an incredible character and you have inhabited it with so much love and generosity and truth and how you are with, you know, Banjo. I mean, all of it is just really, I I am so lucky that I got to be there to see it. Do you know what's next for you? Do you have something lined up? You know, I mean, right now, I mean, Alma's Way is is, is out. I have my, my show, my anime is here on PBS, which is um, really, really exciting. But yeah, I that think is so. written by Maria from Sesame Street, right? Like that was her, that's her story. Yeah, it's loosely based on her life and, and just kind of like growing up in the Bronx, which is so kind of cool. like, I play this character named Lucas, who's just this fun, everyday kid just grown up in, in the city, um, which is a lot of fun to do. And there's a lot of, you know, like just kind of different people. And, and, it, and it shows you know, kids that it's like everyone can love everyone, which is great, which is a perfect message to put out there. But yeah, I have Almost Way and Boys of Summer's coming out, hopefully this summer. And uh, and season three of Wonder Years, crossing my fingers. We'll We're see. all crossing. We're manifesting. Um, before I let you go, Julian, is there a little known fact that you can share about yourself? Ooh, let's see. I wonder. Um... What would be a little known fact? Well, I mean, I think everybody knows this, but I I love music. I really, I think I find music just so special and, and it, I think it can speak to people in so many different ways. And I really find it, it like that's another thing that kind of calms me down sometimes just listening to music just puts me in a certain place, which I think is such a wonderful thing. But if I can give you one more, I think 
I'm a gymnast or I was a junior Olympic gymnast. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of cool. I, I was number one in New York state for my age group when I was nine. Uh, so that's just, that's a kind of, that's a fun little fact I have for you guys. So you could have been doing cartwheels across the stage last night also. I could have, and that's, that's where some of the dancing, you know, that's what, it helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to let you go because you have to do this show many more times. And it is, it's a beast. There's a lot going on on that stage. A lot of talking, a lot of singing. Have, exactly. That's it. There is a lot of talking and singing. I'm so glad that you're hydrating constantly throughout this conversation. Julian, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast today. I wish you all the best. Have fun. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 known fact now you can watch hours and hours of my interviews with your favorite artists as they talk about the art they love to make on youtube that's right i have a youtube channel it's called little known facts with alana levine catchy right subscribe and enjoy little known fact if you want to donate to the podcast just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com forward slash donations thank you so much in advance for your generosity have a great day This episode of Little Known Facts was edited by Nicholas Klar. We record in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded and sung by Georgia Famusa with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. Thank you.